In a womb, a child is forming. The miracle of miracles, joy is coming. The world still waits, but joy is coming. Lord, we, your people, wait patiently, hanging on for Advent joy. The fourth of our candles lit today. The fourth week of Advent on the way. Stories of old once more are retold. Two women expecting, new hope awaiting. Mary and Elizabeth, ready to nurture, ready to bring new life to their homes and their future. Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. My name is Stuart and it's my privilege to be the minister here. As we enter into this last week of Advent, our Kirk session, because of the rapid rise of the Omicron variant of COVID, has taken the difficult decision to move our services back to online only. I know that for many of us, that's a huge disappointment, as we'd hoped for the chance to celebrate Christmas together in person this year. Our priority is always your safety, and it was felt that the risk was just too high at the moment. All our Christmas services will happen online. Our Christmas Eve family service will feature our children telling the nativity story, and we will wait together to celebrate the birth of the Christ child in our watch night service. There will be a Christmas Day service too, and their usual Sunday service on Boxing Day. I hope you'll be able to join us for some or all of these times of worship. You will find them all on our website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk where you can watch the services on video or listen to the podcast versions. You can also find the podcast on all your usual podcast platforms like Spotify, Google, Apple and even on your smart speaker. Just search for St Ninians online. If you have a smart TV, then you can watch the service on the YouTube app. Just search for St Ninian's Church Stonehouse. And finally, our services are available by phone on 01698 755533. We're also working to set up a choice menu so that you can choose which of these services to listen to. However you watch or listen, I'm glad you've chosen to join us and I hope that you find our time together a blessing. Today I'm joined by one of our worship leaders, Yvonne Hamilton, and her son Blake. Yvonne will lead our prayers later in the service, and Blake will read our scripture for us now. Micah chapter 5, verses 2 to 5. But to you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me, one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labour bears a son and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace when the Assyrians invade our land and march through our fortresses. Luke chapter 1, verses 39 to 55. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. 
Blessed is she who had believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Saviour. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Jan Richardson writes in her poem, What Fire Comes to Singing You? A Blessing. This blessing had big ideas about what it wanted to say, what it wanted you to know, to see. This blessing wanted to open your eyes to the joy that lives in such strange company with sorrow. Wanted to make sure to tell you, lest you forget, that no matter how long it seems absent, no matter how quiet it becomes, joy has never been far from you. Holding a space of celebration, watching for you, humming as it keeps vigil. But now that it comes time to speak it, comes time to lay these words on your brow, your beating heart, All this blessing can think to say is, look, your life a candle, this day a match. Strike it and see what blazes, what fire comes to sing in you. This Advent has felt a bit like a journey back to the future. We started at the end of Luke's Gospel and we have worked backwards and now find ourselves almost at the start. Elizabeth is pregnant with her son John, who will grow up to be a fearless prophet and baptiser we heard from last week. This is our first Advent encounter with Mary, the young unmarried girl who finds herself pregnant with God's son. When the angel Gabriel announces to Mary that she will have a son, she also tells her about Elizabeth's pregnancy, and Mary rushes off to visit her cousin at once, And that's where we pick up the story today. Mary enters the house and greets Elizabeth. That's all that happens. Mary has just walked through the front door and said, Shalom, peace be upon you. And that's important. She hasn't rushed in and blurted out her news. That's still a secret. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, two things happened. The first is that the baby leapt in her womb. It seems that even before birth, John knows the Messiah's around. This connection between them starts from the womb. John will spend his whole life preparing the way for his cousin. At that same moment, Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke is the one who tells us most about the actions of the Holy Spirit. Luke is also the author of the book we know as Acts. It continues the story of the disciples after the death and resurrection of Jesus, and it charts the ups and downs of the new church. It's Luke who brings us the story of Pentecost, 
that moment when the disciples are gathered in the house and the Holy Spirit appears like a violent wind and tongues of fire and fills them. And they find themselves outside speaking to the crowds and everyone can understand them, even though they all speak different languages. From the very start, Luke tells us that the Holy Spirit is the one who makes all this amazing stuff happen. Elizabeth is pregnant, even though she's old and she and her husband Zechariah thought they would never have children. And now Mary, who's young and still a virgin, and who is pregnant through the power of that same Holy Spirit, is standing before her. But what is it that the Holy Spirit enables Elizabeth to see? Well, that Holy Spirit enables Elizabeth to perceive Mary's new status. Mary is the mother of the Lord, and that provokes a pretty startling response, firstly from Elizabeth and then from Mary. Elizabeth exclaims, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfil his promise to her. It's a moment of prophetic praise. Prophecy is the recognition of God at work in the world. And that's exactly what Elizabeth had been able to see in this young woman standing before her. Pregnancy is a precarious time for a number of reasons, and not just the physical risks and high infant mortality rates 2,000 years ago. Both Elizabeth and Mary, an old woman and an unmarried girl, have unusual pregnancies that would draw comments and raised eyebrows from neighbours. Their pregnancies put them at risk from social stigma that could have very serious consequences for both of them. Elizabeth's joyful response must have been music to Mary's ears, because it provokes her to sing a song of praise that is echoed throughout the centuries. We call it the Magnificat. Mary's song is the song of women of faith like Rebecca, the wife of Isaac, and the mother of Jacob and Esau, or Miriam, the sister of Moses, who was a prophet herself and helped deliver the people from slavery in Egypt, and Hannah, the mother of the great high priest Samuel. Each of them sang their praises to God for the blessings given to them that they might enable God to act for good in the world. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Mary begins by recognising God chose her. It's a beautiful outpouring of praise from a young woman who must have been confused and at least mildly terrified. Even though this might be a strange and scary experience for her, she knows that God has chosen her and that causes her to rejoice. But the song takes perhaps an unexpected twist though. So before we go all starry-eyed and sentimental, this is two pregnant women discussing the downfall of all earthly empires. Mary's song tells us who God is and how God acts in the world, turning the world's power structures on its head. This song is an overture to what is to come, it sets the scene for what incarnation will actually be because these are what God's priorities have always been. God breaking into the world is about transformation of all things, including us, and that begs a question. Are we both as individuals in the church willing to claim the radical nature of incarnation? We've done so much over the years to domesticate this whole story of God slipping into skin and living among us. We've made it nice and cosy, warm and fuzzy, pain-free, rose-scented and viewed in soft focus. It's none of that. 
In fact, it's the very opposite of that. Alongside moments where our heart will burst with joy, for Mary this will be a story full of uncomfortable moments, times of pain and heartache and unbearable grief, as she watches her son, God's son, live out his life and his death, all to bring about the change Mary sings of. A world filled with mercy and humility, truth and peace. Where in our own lives do we see such transformation? Where in our own lives do we need that kind of transformation? Where in our own lives have we been that kind of transformation for those around us? Mary's song tells us that these things have already happened, that God has been acting through history to bring renewal and transformation. That's what God habitually does and continues to do. The incarnation we wait for in Advent has already begun. And this should have an effect on us. It should usher us into praise and also into prophecy. This blessing has big ideas about what it wanted to say, what it wanted you to know, to see. This blessing wanted to open your eyes to the joy that lives in such strange company with sorrow. Wanted to make sure to tell you, lest you forget that no matter how long it seems absent, no matter how quiet it becomes, joy has never been far from you. Holding a space of celebration, watching for you, humming as it keeps vigil. But now that it comes time to speak it, comes time to lay these words on your brow, your beating heart, all this blessing can think to say is, look, your life a candle, this day a match, strike it and see what blazes, what fire comes to sing in you. Isn't the Christmas we ordered It's not what we expect We want our winter wonderland Our party plans are wrecked But don't we know We're not the first To have a world turned upside down Joseph and Mary Must have felt this way Out of place in an unknown town Such a random way They're all stressed out in Bethlehem Just one a normal day Still even in the strangest times There's good news to be found One of the things that we're thankful for When we stop and we look around Strangers 
Loving God, you are here and everywhere, beyond and beside us, around us and within. You are with us on the dark days as well as the sunny ones, in this season of hope for some and in this season of pain for others. In this week, when people everywhere grapple with the impact of disease, hunger and pain, when people flee for their lives, when families continue to be torn apart, and when other families draw close together to celebrate and enjoy, we pray for them all, that they will know your peace, that they will find joy in your presence and know that true happiness comes not in things, but in our relationships with each other and with you. Help us to be bold, to do whatever we can to help and to heal, and to listen as you ask us to be the answer to so many prayers. We pray for your whole church, a people attempting to live in your example and spread your message throughout the world. We recognise the difficulties of faith in this time, that both asking and answering in prayer is never easy. But we ask that all your children will have strength in your love to continue and to flourish and to welcome with open arms those who will visit over the next week. We pray for the marginal, all those in the edges of our lives, our community, our society, living in fear or hurt because of where they are, where they come from, who they are, who they love, what they have, what they can do, attempting to live lives in peace and safety. Be with them, hold them, carry them and guide them, and in your wisdom, Use us to do whatever we can to bring your love and care to their lives. We pray for ourselves, all of us, here, as we watch online, in our homes, as we each try to live our lives as best we can. Help us to pray, to not lose heart, to feel your presence in our lives, whether it's in church buildings or in your wondrous creation. Use us and lead us to the glory of your kingdom and the joy of your people. And so now, in Jesus' name, we pray the prayer in which you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. 
and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever. Amen. May the presence of God bring joy into our lives. May the hope of this season bring peace into this world. May this time of preparation bring space to our lives for faith to grow and spread this day and every day. Mm-hmm.